Hello, this is Candace. And this is Jenny. And this is our Bible study of the living word. Yes. And we want to welcome everybody today. Yes. We're excited, aren't we, Jenny? We are excited. So in today's um, episode, what we're going to do is focus on why the Bible, um, how to read the Bible, what we need to be looking for, no matter where we're looking for it in the Bible. Just a little overview of Just how we're going to do this. Yeah. Because we don't want, um, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons that we find that people feel like they have trouble reading the Bible is they don't, they don't exactly know what they're looking for, what they're looking at, who's it speaking to, what does it mean to my life today? I mean, I'm not living 4,000 years ago, right. so how does that apply to me? Exactly. So that's what we want to talk about today. So, um, the big question is, why the Bible? Well, that's because the Bible is the most important book that it's there the is. It's the most important book ever written. It's a manual for your life. That's what it is. You know, I've heard that, and I, you know, I don't know where this came from, but B-I-B-L-E, Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. I have heard I like that. that. I have heard, heard that, and I mean, it ain't wrong. So well, I've never heard um, that. I like that. Uh, you know, so, um, but the Bible is important, and it is the best-selling book of all time. It sure is. And of any book ever written, it is the best-selling. Right, and um, I think it's been, like, read by more people, mm-hmm. and in more um, cultures, translated into more languages mm-hmm. than any other book ever written. Yes, exactly. Um, and the but one problem is most people who read the Bible for the first time they usually admit they're really unsure of what it says, what it means, you know. So that's what we're going to try to help with. I mean, which is, you know, it's kind of crazy that it's the most read book, the the most, the best-selling book of all time, and so many people don't understand it, even or, the ones that have read it right. through more than once, cover to cover. Most people, I think, do not read, really read it. No. Um, you I, know, I know they have the, they, I've, I've seen the, where they give you the, little card in January of how to read the Bible through the year, which, I mean, that's wonderful, and that is a great accomplishment to do that. But you really need to understand what you're reading and be able to apply it to your life. And and, be able to apply it to your life. If if it can't make a difference, if it can't make a difference, then, I mean, it's just a bunch of words on a page. Exactly. Um, you, You have to take it in. And um, what was it I said to you? Get into the Bible so the Bible gets into you. Exactly. Um, and then that way, when that happens to you, you, you know, see Christ and God and all that they are. You see all that you're not. Um, but you see people in a different way. You, yes. you start you, you you start to see people in situations and think about. You know, I know it's cliche to sort of say, but, you know, a couple of years ago, they had those bracelets. What would Jesus do? Uh, yes. Well, what would Jesus think? What would Jesus say? What would, you know, and we have so much information in here. 
um, from beginning to end because as we're going to see today, well, not today, but in the episode coming up, um, the Trinity was there from the beginning. Exactly. And and two, I mean, if, if you really get in there and you learn it, it will help you through any situation in your life, stressful situations, happy situations, sad situations, you know, things you think you could never get through, you know. God's there for you, and he has all the answers in his word, the ones that he'll give you, but he'll give you the comfort. Yes. Even if the answer's not there for you. You know, uh, um, I used to hear people say, um, be a Daniel, you know, be a Esther. Um, Those people were like us. Those people were like us. What we need to focus on is the God who delivers them, the God who's there for them, mm-hmm. the God who um, saves nations, saves people. Um, you know, those people had faith in him, and that's really the ultimate thing he wants is faith and belief that he can do what he said mm-hmm. he can do. That's right. And, you know, I know in my own personal life he's proved it to me over oh, yes. and over and over. And he's <clears throat> answered prayers you didn't even pray yet. That's right. And, you know, I I find it ironic that the uh, children of Israel that were led out of Egypt and all of the literal Bible just monumental moments that they witnessed with their own eyes that only God could do that. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of hardship come up, and then they start doubting God. They start doubting yeah. God. And so, you know, that's why you have to be renewed about he was faithful here, he's faithful here, he's faithful to this person, and he's going to be faithful to me. Mm-hmm. Because even, he can't even, he can't go back on what he says. No, he can't. And and even through trials, which he says in the Bible, you know, you will have trials, but he'll be there with you. He will. Um, you know, and something else we've talked about is whenever you're getting there and reading a book of the Bible, you need to ask a few questions, you know. Who who's the author? Who who wrote that book? That's right. Um, you know, that's really important because there's lessons in here that talk about um, the different people in the Bible, where they are, <clears throat> you know, that might help you determine who are they writing it to. Um, where were they when they were writing this book? What was going on in the times? Where were they actually located? Um and what are they trying to communicate to you? Yes. What 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 is the lesson that they're giving you? Because it wasn't just written for no reason. If it's in this book, God wanted it there for a reason. So, you know, we need to really try to figure out what is the intention of right. what that is. And really ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to mm-hmm. us because that's what he's that's what he lives in us and and helps us do is to actually understand the scripture. 
That's right. So the um, another big aspect of the Word of God, it is the nature of God to reveal Himself. Um, and that is Deuteronomy 29, 29. I'm going to turn and read that right quick. Um, and we're going to go over in our next episode of the attributes of God. And it's important to have this foundation of who God is, mm -hmm. what God can do, um, because how else, you know, can you believe things that you're reading and things that he um, does in people's lives or, you know, when you, if you don't understand his character. So Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. And he reveals himself mm -hmm. um, through the whole word. You know, when we culminate with, in revelations with the revelation of Jesus Christ, he's, he, you know, the whole Bible is leading up and is about Jesus Christ. And so um, that's one of the things that you can look for in any book that you read mm -hmm. um, is the presence of Jesus Christ, whether it's the pre-incarnate Christ, um, of course, the, the babe in the manger, mm -hmm. the child in the temple, um, you know, the preacher, you know, that leads the disciples, mm -hmm. um, the Savior of the world, the resurrected Savior, and the coming King one day to rule and reign on this earth. Um, you know, he is proclaimed from the beginning to the end. Yes. And, um, you know, it's just it's just such a beautiful story. It is. I'm very excited about really getting into it. Um, what, we're reading from, we have a quote from one of the study books. The Illustrated Bible Survey. Yes. It says, when the plain sense of Scripture makes common sense, seek no other sense. Therefore, take every word as its primary, ordinary, usual, literal meaning. So we must interpret every verse in the Bible in light of what is in the rest of the Bible. We must interpret the Bible by looking at the historical, grammatical, and literary method. So that's telling us how, you know, how we should interpret it. We, it's, it's what we were saying, I think, in our last video. You, if you just go book by book without connecting different verses throughout the Bible, that's why, you know, a lot of times when you do, you know, when I was at my church, they had a Wednesday night Bible study, and, you know, you, they would, they would have a, main verse that the preacher is really going to talk about. And even on Sunday morning services, they're like this. They're flipping back and forth throughout the Bible because it's all connected. Yeah, It's all connected. And, and you have to do that connection to interpret the Bible. Yes, I, th I think so too. And I think that, um, I think, I don't know, I've seen this on social media where the cross-references is like almost like 7,000 times that the Bible cross-references itself 
between the beginning and the end. That's and, crazy. Um, it, it is crazy. And man himself could not have done this. Mm-mm. You know, I don't, I don't know if we um, talked about how many authors of the Bible there are. Did we? We did. We did. Look that out? Uh, yes. It, um, well, we didn't say authors. We said. Uh, there were 66 books that are uh, recognized as divinely inspired by the Christian church. Um, I did not know. I don't see where we put. I'm going to look that up. It tells over how many years that they wrote the Bible. Most of them did not know each other or live even in the same time. look this up but needless to say the Holy Spirit and God was working through these men through time mm-hmm. um, and that's how they that's how they wrote the Bible that's right um, another quote from our illustrated Bible study is that the books of the Bible are not inspired because humans gave them canonical Status rather, the books were recognized as canonical by humans because they were inspired by God. So, in other words, I mean, there are all these authors that wrote the book, but they, God gave them the words, yes, to put them down. God literally breathed the words. That's right. Um, through them, so that we would have them, and. You know, all of the books of the Old Testament, except for Esther, those were among the copies of the Dead Sea Scrolls. And let me tell you something about that. So, um, have you ever heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls I before? I have heard of it, but I did not realize <laughs> that all of the books of the Old Testament were there except for Esther. So, the Dead Sea Scrolls, you know, in 1948, in the... Kuron uh, Caves. There was a boy, and he's, um, I guess, one of his, I don't know if it's a sheep or a donkey or goat or what, but it's going up into the caves, and he's trying to get it to come down. Mm-hmm. So he's throwing these rocks up there, and he hears the rock break glass. Oh, he hears the rock break glass. And so he goes up there because he heard that, right? And nobody's there. And so he finds these Dead Sea Scrolls. And also they point out that these Dead Sea Scrolls um, are very accurate to the Bible that we have. Um, And like we said, all of the books were found from the Old Testament except for Esther. And they've also said that those, the paper that it was wrote on probably could not have withstood if it had been in any other part of the um of the world because of humidity or you know too cold mm-hmm. too rainy too, you know whatever and so again by design by design god knew exactly where to put them exactly where to hide them and for them to be revealed when when we would have all this technology, which, I mean, you know, 1948, I mean, it sounds like a long time ago, but it really is not, that they could go back and um, 
you know, analyze this mm -hmm. and really date and really date these um, these scrolls and compare them to the Bibles that we have. Yeah. So, uh, so, you know, God put that boy there with those goats at that time. I mean, you know, everything happens for a reason. For sure. Um, now, one thing, the Bible is consistent with itself. It does not contradict itself. These are ways that we know it is the Word of God. Yes. Um, because he cannot contradict himself. No. Um, it corresponds with reality. And the claims can be signed, but the Bible's claims can be scientifically demonstrated. Oh, like, you mean like um, Noah's Ark? They mm -hmm. found Noah's Ark. Um, you know, they, you know, of course, you can go to Jerusalem and they have the places um, in Bethlehem where they feel like Christ was born. Um, of course, I do, you know, they have um, what they deem to be the empty tomb, but you can see the skull of Golgotha. I mean, you can see it. It looks like a human skull. Wow. Um, of course, you can see the Dead Sea. They have found evidence of um, in the Red Sea where the Israelites crossed and the Egyptians were chasing them. They have found um, chariot artifacts, axles, and things like this that only can be explained through the Bible. That's right. The greatest history book ever written. Yes. And um, I don't know if we've said it yet, but Les always says history is his story. We have not said that, but that's good. I love that. History is his story. And so, um, you know, so there's many things that we can look at and, you know, claim that that's evidence of God. And, you know, I've heard people say, um, we don't need evidence. We just need faith. And, you know, I know that faith is the absence of things seen. You know, you, you can't see these things. And you have faith in it. But, you know, you can see the sun rising. I mean, you know, Romans declares that all men will have no excuse because they can see things like the sun, mm -hmm. the clouds, the stars, um, a caterpillar yeah. turning into a butterfly, a flower. I mean, um, the heavens and the earth and and all that's around declare his glory. Mm -hmm. And and miracles still happen every day. Yes, I mean, miracles we do still miracles. happen every day. And I mean, you know, like you you were worked in labor and delivery. Yes. You saw miracles every day. The birth of children. Yes. I mean, if you've never seen that or experienced that, that will that's a miracle in and of itself right there yes um so you know we really we talk about we really want to get into this and so that we can help have the bible relate to our lives and so 
You know, we want to know how, how does the Bible shape our worldview? You know, it's like you said earlier, when you get into the Bible, it really gets into you and it really um, helps us through all situations, all situations that we can go through in our life. And there are things to have a, it, well, what we said is to have a biblical worldview. God is the source of all truth and you have to, re- you have to recognize that. Yeah, so they they say that your worldview is the lens that you look through to see things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you might have a a real worldly worldview, um, get caught up in all this chaos that life has and protest and... Um, you know, just all this angst in life, or you might, you know, um, just be anxious all the time and look for doom and gloom all the time. Um, But a biblical worldview, you know, if we're looking through it through the eyes of the Bible, I mean, number one, we can have no fear. That's right. Because we're reading about the God that is the creator mm-hmm. that holds us all in his hands. I mean, I know it's we sing those simple songs when we're little. He's got the true. whole world in his hands. Um, but it's the know, truth. Yes. He does. He does. And he, he loves me. But how do I know he loves me? I know he loves me because he tells me he loves me. He shows me he loves mm-hmm. me. And um, all of these things are in the Bible. And... Um, so, you know, it's just important, like you said, we're trying to really choose to have a biblical worldview and to look at it the way God wants us to and look at exactly it. That's exactly right. And um, the Bible is also authoritative as it speaks to every area of life, every area of our life. Yes. And, you know, I think... You, you start with, you look at the family. You start with the marriage. If you put God in the center of your marriage, you're more likely to have a successful marriage. Every marriage is going to have its difficulties. Um, but if, if you have God in the center of your marriage, that will help you get through. I mean, that's something I need to work on. Mm-hmm. I know that's something my husband and I both need to work on. Um, like I said, um, I need this just as much or more than a lot of people out there that will listen to it. Um, and then your children, you try to bring them up so that they, you know, you want it to be the foundation of your family. Well, you know, I was thinking while you were saying that, you know, a couple of, uh, well, probably about a year and a half ago, you and I did that. 31 days yes. of Proverbs. Yes. And hopefully we can do that when it's, probably, yes. when it's, when it's a month that's 31 days and yes. we're at the beginning of starting maybe a new book. Um, oh, that was so powerful. I mean, it is just, you know, laden with truth. You want to avoid the pitfalls in life? Read this book. Mm-hmm. Read this book. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just... 
I mean, first of all, telling you the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all understanding. I mean, um, and just really about that father writing to his son and trying to, you know, like most loving parents, I don't want you to make the mistakes I've made. So these are the things. But God has let it be in the Bible where we can all read it. Um, I mean, I don't think anybody, truthfully, they might not put it out with their mouth, could read those things and say, yeah, that's not right. That's not the right plan. That's not the way you should live your life. That's not the way you should do, be with your money or be with your work or be with your time or, you know, hanging around people that you're not supposed to hang around with and let them influence you in negative ways. Um, and then it, you know, it just goes on into these th things that those things are practical things to have a healthy right. physical life. Yes. And then Christ comes and he's telling us and Paul's telling us and James is telling us how to have a spiritual life, how to have this, the, the spiritual way to righteousness. And, um, so that again tells us how the the Bible is authoritative. It is telling us mm -hmm. the way to live, the way to get there. Living your best life is with Christ, and and that's exactly right. And that's what we want. We want to live our best life, and He wants us to live our best life, which is why He gave us this book as a guideline, or not a guideline, as a rock to stand on, yeah. really. Um, and then a person must seek to understand and then not only understand it, but you have to apply it Yeah, we, and apply God's truth to your life. <clears throat> yeah, we can't say it enough. Yeah. We know it because we've either done it or not done it. <laughs> That's right. I mean, we're human beings and there's times that we knew the right thing to do. We knew what God would have mm -hmm. us to do. And we didn't do it. And we chose a different road. And when we repent from that, he's going to be just and, and forgive us. However, you are still going to face the consequences of those, the, the choices that you made, mm -hmm. you know. And um, so it's just, you know, we've all done it. And so... If you're in the Word and you're, you know where to maybe go exactly in the Word to help you with a particular choice mm -hmm. that you've got to make and see what God would have me do and save ourselves a lot of heartache. That's right. I a mean, lot of lost time. Exactly. I mean, we're, you know, doing all of this is not going to make us perfect either, but it no. will hopefully make us look in the Word and make make better Make the best choice, make you know, and be a better example. That's right for other people, and be there for them, a support for them. Not even just a better example, be a support because you know part of this is compassion. That it is. you know, I'm no better than anybody else. We're here to, you know, we're all God's people, and we just need to come together and do the best we can. That would make this world a lot better place. I think so. Um, and then you have to keep 
you you have to keep the gospel and the Lord as the center of your life. Yes. I mean, that needs to be, which we said that about, you know, the family. It needs to be the center of the family. It needs to be the center of your life. And it will help you through all kinds of trials. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible doesn't mince words when we get later into it about, um, and I think that this is where when people start to hear these verses, start to think, um, where do I stand? Because Christ makes it real clear Mm -hmm. to a bunch of religious people. You're either of God my Father or Satan is your Father. Mm -hmm. There is no, you know, sitting on the fence. There is no, you know, I've heard this saying, I date Jesus on Sundays or I'll date Jesus on weekends or Sunday mornings or whatever the saying is. But the rest of the time, I'm going to live my life for the devil. You can't really do that. Well, and my, you know, my preacher a couple of Sundays ago was talking about, you know, you you hear two different voices and you you have to decide which voice you're going to listen to. Just because you're saved. Yeah. And... You have the Holy Spirit in you. You still are going to be tempted. Mm-hmm. You're you could still hear those bad voices, and you have to make up your mind that you're going to listen mm-hmm. to the right voice, mm-hmm. or you walk around negative, unhappy. That's because you're not listening to mm-hmm. that right voice, and being in this word will help you listen to the right voice right, more he'll, often. He, he'll speak to us through the word. He will. And, um, you know, I've heard it described as like um, one side feeds your earthly flesh, and one side feeds your spirit, your eternal spirit. And, um, you know, you may make mistakes, but you're just not going to be comfortable living in that. No. Is what I mean. If you, if Jesus is your Lord, you're not going to be comfortable living in feeding the flesh. That's right. You know, you're going to feel it. You're going to know it deep down, whether you admit it to anyone or not. Mm-hmm. You're really going to know it. Well, like I said, when I was out of church, you know, for periods of time, you you wake up every Sunday. There's not a Sunday you don't wake up thinking, I really need to go to church. I mean, I'm talking for five or more years. I really, I went to church on Mother's Day or Christmas or Easter, but I didn't really go to church, and I had grown up in church. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that whole time, there was not a Sunday that went by that I didn't think, I really need to go to church. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you know when you're not doing what God's will is. You do know that. And, you know, you just have to like you said, get in this word and that voice will get louder. God's voice will get louder and that other voice hopefully you won't hear so much. So, as we um, are nearing the end of this episode, um, again, it's our desire to just grow in the word and um, have people come along the journey with us on this. 
Um, and we're going to read another quote from the Illustrated Bible Study. I mean, this one was just beautiful. It is. Um, In the end, may you find the one who alone makes it all worthwhile, of whom it was said, See, it is written about me in the volume of the scroll. I have come. That's Hebrews 10, 7. And he has came, and he has revealed himself to us. Yes, he has. And um, we're going to learn more about him as we, as the coming weeks go along. So thank you for being with us today. And um, go out and live your best life. And strive to live like Jesus. <laughs>